I got Nikki De Roos is on fire. Yeah, yeah. De Ross. De Roos. De Roos. Yes. Uh, thank you it's for joining Dutch. me. It's Dutch. Is it really? Mm-hmm. What part of Deutschland? Great question. How long ago was your descendants? Very, very, very long ago. <laughs> yeah. You are a very, very, very talented makeup artist. Oh, well, thank slash you. Slash artist in general, because you basically make a face look amazing, right? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. My a, specialty. But a particular type of amazing. You've got it like a niche carved out of the glowing, like your face right now. It's got this. It's got this wonderful glow, but it's kind of like a subtle. It might be sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's in the new good look. Sweat is the new glow. We have, we have turned the aircon off in here just so we can get better sound. But yeah, I think we're gonna get hot pretty quickly because we're in LA in your house. LA. It's uh, my house is from 1929. It's and we do not have air conditioning except for wall units and fans. But it's a beautiful look, despite yeah. the, the temperature. They're actually, they're actually quite cool in here, considering yeah. outside it's like 30 degrees yeah. Celsius. And I think it's healthy to sweat. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you reckon we're just going <laughs> to... I took a bird over here, so White I'm like... White t-shirt contest. <laughs> I'm going to be... I already see the sweat patches on my chest. Yeah. That's because I double pack-packed. I'm starting to sweat on my chin. <laughs> I can feel the sweat on my moustache already. Yeah. And we've only turned the fans off for probably three minutes. Yeah, it's cool though. <laughs> All for the sake of the podcast. So what made, what made you get up into your artistry in the original position? <laughs> okay, so I was born into the beauty industry. I With just in a beautiful looking face. Yeah, I was I was born like this. No, when I was born, my mom and dad had to pierce my ears because everyone didn't know if I was a boy or a girl. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So I had my ears pierced when I was like... One. No, less than one. Like no. infant got my ears pierced. Yes. I was not a beautiful child, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> Did they really do that as the statement of like... Yeah. This one is female. Yeah. <laughs> She's actually a female. And then as soon as I had enough hair, my mom like permed the top of my head. So my mom is a hairdresser and we had a salon in our house in small town, Utah. Yeah. In our basement, we had a salon. And so I grew up always in the salon. So before I could even, I mean, from the second I was born, I was sitting in my mom's client's laps while she was like doing their perms because it was the 80s. Right. And I was just sitting there babbling with all the old ladies and... People were always shocked because I was very small, but I could talk from like a really young age. So I just always say that beauty's always been like a part of my DNA because my mom's a hairdresser. She's also an interior designer. And so I feel like I definitely have taken on a lot of her like creative eye and art. Mm. And then um, I just always loved it. And always knew how to talk, talk barbershop. I always knew how to talk the shop, you know? Yeah, it was good. So, um, and what and, part of what part of America? Um, Salt Lake City, Salt Utah. Lake. Right. Actually, Provo, Utah. But we were only there until I was five, and then we went up to Washington State, so near Seattle. Right. Yeah. And um, and then so from what age did you realize that you wanted to do makeup? Um, I I knew from probably like eleven or twelve because when I would go to the bookstore, I would always buy beauty books. Wow. Always, like I would. And I would study them. Like, I would just want to sit and read them from cover to cover. And then I never was athletic in school. I always um, 
I always ended up being the team manager of sports teams because I loved being involved, but I knew I couldn't play sports. So when I was in junior high, I used to always be the the team manager and I would get all the girls ready for their for their game. So like volleyball players, I would always like braid their hair, put glitter on their face and make sure they looked fabulous. And Mm -hmm. then, and then I got smart and I was like, why am I hanging out with all these girls when I could hang out with guys? So then I switched (laughs) over and like did baseball. But, um, I always was the friend in school that was like doing makeup, making everyone glamorous. And it was just what I did. Awesome. Yeah. And then when did, what age did you realize that you could make some money from it? I don't think I ever, it, that's what's interesting is I've never been um, motivated by money. So no. it's never really been kind of a thought that I had in my head. Mm. Um, and so I think I just always followed like what made me happy and then mm. the money came. Mm. But I think around like 18 or 19, I went to college for a year to study business just to say that I went to college. <laughs> um, but I knew, I always knew I wanted to do beauty. So I, um, I did a hair apprenticeship and then I started learning how to do makeup at the same time. And at that point I started to make tips and people started giving me money and I was like, Oh, this is crazy. Like I'm getting paid to hang out with people and I get to do selfishly what I think is fun because Mm. I'm making these people look better and feel better. And then we get to hang out and talk and then I get money. Like, this is cool and weird. Like, I almost felt guilty about it. Yeah, really? Yeah. Wow, isn't that yeah. funny? Yeah. It's one of those things that I don't know if you have... It's hard to basically charge when you know you love it. And yeah. did you have a challenge at any point in your process of, of you know, like charging what you're worth, basically? Yeah, and, uh, and also charging more. Yeah, because... Mm especially for me, I started off as an apprentice. So for hair, for example, I started off as a student. Mm. So you're taking people that are paying you $20 because you just need an actual person to learn on to all of a sudden you're like, okay, now it's going to be $200, you know? And Mm. so, but I think the funny thing about um, relationships and beauty, number one, people want to support you. So that's part of it. And I think you you hold so much, they trust you so much that it's almost more of a hassle for them to try to go find someone else that might be less expensive. Yeah, it's a roll of the dice. Yeah. And then also, I just always, like, those conversations were still scary to raise your prices, but also, you just have to know your value and and know your worth and just stick to it. And when you believe it, other people believe it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you navigate that space between like the craftsman or the, you know, the business side of what you have to do as an entrepreneur in your case and also the artistry side? Because they're very different sides of the brain, right? Right, right. Um, And I think I'm lucky that I kind of have, I do have both sides pretty dialed, but that takes study, right? Like I feel like that actually... Artistry is kind of a natural knack. Like it, it's it's almost, I don't have to think. The more mm. I think, the more I actually screw it up. If mm. I just let myself go, that's mm. when it's the best. Um, business is a study. So it's like constantly studying marketing, sales, comparing what other people are doing and um, just, and also getting support of people that you trust that also, you know, now I'm at a point where, I do have management. I have agents and different people that can kind of be the bad guy when they yeah. when I need that so that right. I can just really do what I do best and still give input because they always check in with me about that. But yeah, money is always hard when it comes to, especially when it is a passion where 
you it's not a typical career where it's like a salary job mm. money is always mm. and it's hard too because some stuff your your scale of like your prices it, it all depends on what it is and what and what it means to you too mm. because for example if i shoot a fashion magazine if i shoot a cover of a magazine i get two hundred dollars and you would think that that would be the the job that would pay you the most amount of money, mm, right. but it they just are like, well, if you don't want to do it, someone else will. So wow. here you can have it or you can't. So of course I would I do that because it's it's an accomplishment for me, and it's also something else that that brings you other money jobs because you have a cover. Gotcha. So yeah, but it's a bit backwards. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah. And so, can you talk about any of your future projects that you've told me about, or are they under the, under wraps for now? No, I can talk about cool. it. Cool. <laughs> what you got coming up then? <laughs> um, I I'm launching my own makeup line, mm. and it's it's been a lifelong. Well, I can't say lifelong because I didn't know when I was ten that that's what I was going to do. But I think I've always I've always known that I had a big path, a big career path, and a big dream and I lived I lived in Utah for like 10 close to 10 years before I moved to LA and I had a wonderful life there but I also knew you know I would even flip through magazines and I would see these images and I'd be like I can do that but I can't do that from Utah like I need to move so that's originally when I moved to LA um and I think the path that I've chosen with my career was always with that in mind. And I don't even know how I came up with the fact that I wanted to have my own makeup line. I think mm. I just always said it, but I didn't really understand what that meant. I mm. just, that was just what it was. Mm. Um, so when social media came about, I was like, okay, number one, yes, I have a voice and there's things that I want to say. And, and it's an opportunity to really communicate with people worldwide, but also from a business standpoint, I knew how important it was to have a voice online because that will help carry through as I'm creating this new makeup line. So um, I'm already in the process. I'm in the labs. I'm creating products right now, and I'm kind of making the dream line that every woman would want um, based on real life. So it's like, even for me, I want to look good, but I also don't want to take two hours to get ready. I want to get ready in 10 minutes. So mm. it's kind of translating that into products that women can use that are straightforward. They're simple. They can use them every day. They can use their fingers if they want to. Um, and it's just guaranteed to look great, but not fussy. Great. Yeah. Because your style and makeup is different to most, right? I think if, if, you, if you were to ask people that hire me what my style would be it's it's definitely about the skin like that's a strength of mine um it's about glow but it's also about realness with that as well it's kind of like Mm. a an undone glamour which is I guess the best way I can describe it um Mm. so it's definitely that and then I'm really I love doing eyebrows too Mm, mm. um but the nice bushy like textured feathery eyebrows um but yeah I think you know I think it's actually harder for artists to be able to pull off a natural makeup look because that takes in my eyes more skill to be able to blend and make Mm. sure things are balanced and look good um Cause it's easy to throw on layers of makeup on anyone, you know? Yeah. And I'm all about enhancing someone's what, what their strengths are on their features. I'm not trying to transform and change someone's face. 
that's actually, I don't want to say it terrifies me, but it really makes me sad because <laughs> I just think, you know, what I, when I look at everyone, I, I see their beauty and that comes out to me straight away and I want to enhance that. I don't want to change it. Awesome. Yeah. And it used to make me feel really bad actually as an artist, especially when, um, YouTube first came out and I would watch these people on YouTube that were really famous and I thought I was a shit makeup artist because I, I didn't do that. I wasn't mm-hmm. using like 17 products on the eye and I wasn't doing all this weird layering and, and contouring and techniques. And so I thought I was a, a lousy artist. Um, but then you just also realize that everyone has their niche and everyone has their space and their voice and you just have to go with what feeds your soul and then Mm. the people that want to watch that will follow you too and Mm. and learn from that and you can't please everybody um and i'll still from time to time watch those people just because i may pick up a technique or two that i can translate into my own artistry but um it took some work to get to that point yeah 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 but now you but now that's kind of your domain and you're you're really confident in and and what sets you apart from the competitors, right? Yeah, I think so. But it's also kind of funny to me because I I think as an artist, you never think what you do is that special or you never think that it's that great, you know? And like, <laughs> I'll do something that yeah. everyone will be like, oh my God, that's so great. Like, I can't believe what you just did or wow, she looks amazing. And I'm always sitting there like, really, you think so? Or <laughs> like, oh, I probably could have done it better. Like, I'm always kind of mm. very self-critical. And mm. that's again, like I'm trying to work on that. But I still sometimes try to figure out like what it is. Like, cause I'm like, you never are really around other artists Mm. when you're one-on-one with a client or on a shoot so it's not like you can line them up next to each other and be like oh this is what you do compared to that but I guess it's just the fact that people want to keep on working with you or they can see it in the photos and you're like oh yeah I guess that was pretty good (laughs) (laughs) I love I love the extra I love going to the extra the deeper layer of why you do it and how you the original reason you fell in love with it is because you make people feel great. Yeah. Like you, you're, you're doing something that's, you know, like is a, it's a total art because you're working with what they are as a, their face, you know, the thing that is on display and represents their emotions, represents everything to the world. It's the projection of their reality comes through someone's face. You right. Know? Right. And you're kind of working and highlighting features or, or complementing the strengths and, and, and playing with that whole realm of what we are as a being. Right, right. <laughs> it's so cool when you think about it like that. Yeah. And there's, there's, you can really tell the authenticity in your work. Ever since I met you, like the way you, you talk about what you do, mm-hmm. it, it's not just this one layered thing. It's this, it's kind of interstitched with these, the deeper layers of, you know, of what we, our reality is, you know, the way we make each other feel, boosting someone's confidence, making someone feel better about themselves. It's really cool. Yeah. When you you realize. Yeah. I thank you. And I used to struggle. It's, it's an interesting topic because I used to really struggle with being in the beauty industry, which is funny because it's always, it's, it's me. It's been me since I could ever remember. Mm. But at the same time, when you really peel it back sometimes, you know, especially with things going on in the world or like, you know, people that are less fortunate or tragedies and you, and I'm sitting here just thinking about makeup or cosmetics all day or whatever it is. And you're kind of like, what does this all mean? What does it matter? Why? Mm -hmm. You know? And, and, and I mean, I think it's healthy to think that way, but then 
I do always go back to it is about bringing out someone's inner confidence. And what that does is how they're able to face the world. Mm. And with having that confidence, they're able to also make change or be the best version of themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. and that creates a lot of positivity. And so, yeah, you have to really kind of get your brain around it because otherwise you're just like, it's a blush or it's a mascara. Like who <laughs> really cares, you know? Um, and it's really important for me um, to also teach people about inner beauty as well because mm. what at the end of all of it, I think we're all trying to improve ourselves and we're all trying to be the best versions of ourselves. And so that happens outwardly, but it also happens inwardly. And it's having those conversations of what are you doing inside that's going to reflect on the outside. And, you know, I can preach about that a lot, but a lot of that comes from like the self-care, you know, what are you reading? Who are you hanging out with? Mm. What kind of exercise? How are you feeding your body? Mm. It's all encompassing. And that's like Mm. what to me beauty is as a whole. And then, you know, what you're putting on your face or what you're putting in your hair or your skin is all the bonus on top. Because I think when people find you beautiful, it's actually kind of your whole projection of what you are projecting. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And, and, and cause you really sense it in someone that's got those more heightened superficial only layers of their, of what they are. Right. And they kind of, I'd almost say it's a mistake of like, it's not real beauty or it's ignoring a lot of what you are. So how can it be like, not a very rich form of beauty I guess right and I know, I know it's like as well like I've you know experienced being in that kind of state only valuing one aspect of what I am right probably my personality maybe when I've been more like ex- playful and fun I realize that's what I make someone feel a certain way when they're around me and then when I'm like having a low day and they're like come to me with a big grin on waiting for me to do something fun mm-hmm. then I'm like but I don't feel like doing fun. And then uh, then I feel like they're not accepting or curious or, or embracing the other layers of what I am, right. I guess. Yeah. So it's, it, it's kind of a, you, you know, do you have that kind of struggle or, but we have up and down days, but right. we, we've got to, you know, like these practices help us somewhat keep <laughs> plain sailing or like sailing. Sure. And I think for me, it's, it's probably a couple of things. I have, you know, you want to keep, a circle of people that are like your vulnerability friends. So it's like the people that you can text or call and be like, I'm not okay. Or like, I'm working through this or, you know, this is what's going on. So I like they call them vulnerability friends. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there are those people that you, you know, you've made an agreement with that they can know the best and worst parts of you or just Mm -hmm. kind of be someone to, to help work you through it. And that's Mm. been especially beautiful. I think the last year for me, because I'm very much like, I'm so aware of other people's feelings that sometimes it's to a detriment to myself because I don't want to burden other people if I'm feeling bad. Um, so the old me used to kind of like just recluse. And it was mm. funny because my mom, she would know, like she would, if she didn't hear from me for a week, she'd call me and be like, are you okay? Cause if I go <laughs> quiet, that's usually cause I'm not okay. Um, and then, but now I've gotten to a better place where if I'm feeling not great, I can actually just text my friend and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. And sometimes it just takes saying it or talking through it. And then you're like, okay, mm. I'm fine. Mm. Um, But also it's knowing myself and I know that I'm like a dog that needs to go for a walk or run. So anytime I feel off, it's like 
I don't want to go to the gym, but I know once I go and even if I just walk on a treadmill or mm. go for a walk outside or do mm. something, it releases something in my brain. And then I'm like, okay, mm. I'm fine. You know, mm. so it's like, I guess getting to know yourself and listening to yourself to know, you know, your triggers and what you need. Um, and it's hard because I think for me, um, on a social aspect of like social media, I always try to really portray like a positive and happy space because I don't want to, like, I won't even speak negatively about a brand if, if I'm not crazy about it or about a product, I just don't talk about it at all. But I guess it is like finding that balance too of like, you know, you, you have to let people know that you're not always happy all the time and you're not like, like high on coffee all the time (laughs) or high on life, but like but I also don't want it to be like a downer station where I'm like, eh, today was a shit day, you know? So <laughs> like sometimes I'll have a rage and, and I'll talk about things. And I think people are like, oh, wow. Okay. She's actually human. Yeah. She's normal. But like those are far and few between. So I don't know. That was a long round. No, that's great. I think yeah. this stuff is really interesting. Like no, getting to know yourself, like being self-aware enough to go, all right, I'm feeling shitty right now. Because some things I'm realizing don't work for me. Or like meditation, like if I'm having a shit day and I meditate, sometimes I feel great. But sometimes I'm like, I actually just need to go be physical and yeah. get out energy. Like yeah. not just sit still. Right. It doesn't help me. Yeah. I'm curious because, you know, like I want to meditate with you. But I'm I'm curious to know how that will be for me because I am such like I need physical movement and sweat Mm. and I do actually feel like in a strange way that is my meditation because I I tend to get my best ideas when I'm exercising my head's the most clear or I feel the most inspired or you know so maybe that's like a layer because it's different than meditating but it kind of is similar in some ways you know where I definitely feel good after it. Mm, so mm. maybe if I did a combo, I'd be like next <laughs> level. I don't know. Yeah, it's a di- I suppose it's a different type of... Like I find meditation, if I've got a lot going on in my mind, I actually find that just sitting still, not moving and letting those thoughts come through and not attaching myself to them and w- just letting them release them from my anatomy or just unstress them. I actually feel great after and kind of like a bit like yoga blissed, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of um, yoga stone, they call it. When I'm more like <clears throat> heightened in my stress and my th- thinking, I need something more intense to release this stress. Mm-hmm. What form of exercise is like your... I just runs and push-ups. I just like going for a run outside and doing push-ups. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Because <laughs> I, I like, I, I'm not a fan of the gym. Yeah. Like I don't like the environment so much, but I love being outside and just running. When you run, do you listen to music? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Do you, what's your what's your music that pumps you up? Um, it depends. Because sometimes if I'm doing like today, I went to the gym and did the stair machine and and. I ended up listening to like YouTube videos. So it depends, like sometimes I'll listen to podcasts or I'll listen to like some inspirational entrepreneur that like gets me pumped and it's kind of like multitasking. So I'm like, okay, I'm working my brain and I'm working my body and like Mm. it gets me kind of um, motivated, but otherwise it's like rap or, you know, like whatever beat is just going to get me to move super fast. I'm like that too. Yeah. Give me some inspiration. Yeah. And then I go through yoga phases where I'm like, okay, I need to like Zen it out. And that's really cool too. I, as long as I'm doing something, I'm fine. And I know that. And even, you know, and for me, 
fitness isn't because I'm like, oh, I'm going to have the best six pack or like my booty's going to be popping. I mean, <laughs> like, of course, we all want to look good, but it's more what it does for me mentally. And that's why I do it, mm. you know. Mm. But, you know, with that being said, I think what I've always told people, too, is figuring out how they can feel the best in their skin, you know. And so for me, it may be different than what it is for one of my best friends. But whatever that is or whatever that looks like or whatever you need to do to feel that way, I don't think you should ever feel bad about that. Mm. And, you know, you should honor that and go towards that because I know throughout the years, like I've definitely worked on myself physically, emotionally, mentally. And so now when I show up in a room, I feel amazing. And I feel like I can really give my all because I feel great. And mm. people people feel that energy from you. And mm. it, it just creates this really good synergy. Mm. So I, I think it's important. And I think, you know, people get busy and, and, and they think that they can't. But I think actually the more busy you are, the more you can actually accomplish. And I know in phases of my career where it's been really slow, where maybe freelance, like I'm not getting a lot of jobs or there's not a lot going on, I actually get really lazy because I need that constant movement. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I think it's important, you know, if for freelancers or people that are not, you know, like a set schedule, the more you can fill your time with things and, and say you're not you know, hired for a job. But if you're like, okay, I'm not working right now, but what can I do to fill my time? Like, mm. okay, I'm going to paint or I'm going to go take mm. this class or I'm going to go do whatever it is to, to get inspired that will help fuel yourself and also get you busier because it, it's like this energy, you it's know? It's funny. I can really relate to that and see it as a common thread in a lot of creatives. Like mm -hmm. it's when I'm not doing something or stagnating, I feel awful. Yeah, you know, like it's you, terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, and I'm not bringing my best self. And so, so what are the things that you do? You have any consistent ritualistic kind of practices in your day where you give yourself the best chance to be your truest best self that day? Like if it's waking up at a certain time every day, or if it's um, you know like showering at a particular time. I don't know. <laughs> I'm all. I shower at 7:52 a.m. every day. That's the secret, guys. I am in there for 6.2 minutes. No, um, I I am a morning person, and I think that that's something too is is realizing what you are and honoring that because you'll talk to people that are very much morning people, and you'll talk to people that are night people. Um, and I am a morning person, um, which. I think the morning is so beautiful. I love waking up when it's still quiet. I can hear the birds. There's like, there's something in the air about the mornings that's different, but I'm not saying like, I'm not saying 5am because that actually pains my soul to be up that early, <laughs> but like anything past six is great. And I think my body now naturally wakes up at that time. <laughs> so it pains your soul. It's like a real deep. It's painful. Like if the, if the sun is not out, and or like rising and I have to wake up, it actually hurts. <laughs> but your soul is like the deepest part of it. Yeah. Really hurts. Yeah, okay. yeah, it does. It's deep. Um, um, I was actually speaking with one of um, our friends yesterday and he's an entrepreneur and he's like, I wake up at 450 every day and then I go to Runyon Canyon and people are wearing like the 
the flashlights on their foreheads and i'm just like oh the thought of all of that is like the war like my war he's like the moon's still out you don't need the the headset on your head and i'm like well why are you awake when the moon's still out like that's not that doesn't feel good um so that works for me so i love waking up in the morning um and for me, that's when I'm the most productive. So I try to knock out everything that I know I need to do in the morning because I know myself. And as the day goes, of course, things come up and the day changes. But like past six o'clock, I'm pretty much worthless. Right. Like, or I mean, it depends on what I have going on, but definitely past eight o'clock, completely worthless. And so it's better for me, even if I have a deadline or a project, it's better for me to shut it down and wake up the next morning and do it than to do it at night. Mm. Um, so that's a ritual. And I think also as I've gotten older, I've made time for myself in the morning that even if I have to be on a photo shoot at 8 a.m., I wake up and give myself 30 minutes of not having to do anything. Right. So I'll wake up, I'll make my coffee, I'll either go sit on my couch or I'll sit back in my bed, depending on how I'm feeling. Mm. And I just have 30 minutes to do whatever I need to do, which some days is, you know, maybe it is posting on social media because that's a part of my job. And sometimes I have to do that and I want to get that all sorted and squared away. Or sometimes it's, you know, like if I need to think about like things that I for sure need to get done that day. Or, you know, I definitely try to every day read something to inspire me. I have this book that's called Journey to the Heart. And it's basically every day it gives you a thought. Cool. And it's really cool because you can read that and you're kind of like, okay, that's like what I need to hear today. Yeah. Um, or, Is it by, do you know? Um, I have Well, it. people can just Google it. Yeah, Journey to the Heart. It's I think it's Amelia something. It's gotcha. over in the other room. But oh. I have that and then I have these... Um, I call them my universe cards. Yeah. And so I have different decks and some of them are more, more hippie than others, but mm. I like to pull a card and it's kind of, it depends. Like sometimes I could be, you know, holding on to something that I'm working through personally. And so I might like, you know, kind of have my thought around that um, and hear what I need to hear from a card. Or sometimes it may just merely be like, what does the universe want me to hear today? Mm, and I mm. read that and I kind of hold that through the day. And sometimes it's straight away. You're like, you're like, oh, yeah. And then like, or other times it could be something random that you're like, what does that even mean? And then at six o'clock that night, something happens and you're like, ah, oh, cool. that's what it is. Yeah. But it's interesting how in line it always is with whatever you have going on. And that's weird to explain, but it totally. just always is. Totally. And yeah. I'm fascinated by that, our relationship with the universe, or our relationship with the external world. Like I, my, my version of that is in meditation. Like I, at the end of meditation, I sit with the thing that's most like rubbing up against me or causing tension in my life. And I just explore it and or ask for clarity on it. And or ask for like, I kind of have that relationship with the ether or the, you know, what you could call God or the intelligence of the universe or this kind of that your soul probably is the best way to describe it. That quiet voice in your gut yeah. that you, when you ask a question, it just says it really calmly, lovingly and compassionately and all seeingly. And it's a very mm -hmm. calm voice. Yeah. So that's kind of my access to that. But I also more and more in love with like the looking looking outside yourself for things so a deck of cards like that i find that really cool because it would all i imagine they'd all have real wisdom in them right and they they're a point of um reflection or 
or finding some clarity or wisdom around a particular thing you're going through. Right. Do you ever have those kind of moments where you see loads of numbers all the same, like 444 or 111 on your phone? Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes, like yesterday, I went for a phase of that. Every time I look at my phone, it was like 444 or like 111 or 333. And they were the only times kind of I checked the time. Yeah, it's trippy. It's super trippy. I have those. I have one one. I have 1111 and also 1234, like 1234. Right. And it's always like, huh? And for a while, I would wake up at the same exact time every night too. Really? Which also tripped me out. What yeah. time? What like? It was like it was it was it was three three thirty six, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I'd just be like, all right, and then I would go back to bed. Like I, I sleep okay, but it just was always like, I wonder why, and then it goes away. You know? What is it? I don't know. It's really weird. Because I did some googling, and people say it's like it's when you're on path, you're on, you know, you're on your path, you, you're, uh, you're aligned or you're in flow. Yeah. Um, things in your life are going are going where they should be going for you, kind of thing. I don't know. I feel like it's some kind of like sign from the universe that's showing you some sort of clarity because it's it's too bizarre to, and too common yeah. to be something that's you, just nothing. Do you ever have that too? I have that with certain people too that I'll think about them and they'll text, right? Like I'll think and then I'll look at my phone and they've text or, you know, like they'll be in my head or or I'll hear my phone and I know it's them. Yeah, and it's, I've got those. And then it's yeah. not like because they said they were like, they're, you're just connected with certain people yes. my and mom. they pop up. Yeah. yeah. Do you do that? With, do you have it with particular people? Yeah. yeah. Certain friends and yeah. stuff. And it doesn't really make sense of why, but yeah. Man, I'm... I'm all down for some sort of like, I mean, of course, particularly with you, like your mum, like you, nine months in their womb before you even came to the earth, there's got to be some kind of intrinsic, invisible, vibrational frequency thing that gives us synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Because I've had too many times where like I'm thinking of my mum and then she texts me or, mm-hmm. um, or you know, like these kind of moments. And sometimes we, when we're not more in, in tune of it, we can, we miss them. Yeah. Or... They just come up as a little oh, a niggle, but I find the quiet or the more de excited I am, the, the less I've got going on in my mind, the more I'm likely to tune in with this, have greater sensitivity to them. Yeah, but not always. Actually, sometimes like when I'm stressed out and like something happens, but that that stuff's pretty cool. Hey? Yeah, and and synchronicity has been something really interesting for me this last year, mm. and I I still can't really figure it out or explain it, but when I really dial it back, you know, and it will be like things that I'm manifesting or visualizing and then the synchronicity part will happen. And you're kind of like, if you, if you really think about it, you're like, how is it that I was here at this time, at this date, even to get yourself to that place. Mm. And then, you know, the person or the thing that you've thought about or manifested or, or whatever the, the, the conversation is, it all just happens and you're and it, it could be like a Tuesday at 9:39 at night you know or like whatever it is and you're like well this is so weird because you think about how many elements have to come together for something to actually cross mm. and i still like i can trip out on that but i still haven't quite like wrapped my head around <laughs> it but i find it interesting because it's happening to me more and more and more yeah wow and, so. and 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 also you're also noticing you're saying before that you're like more and more things are really working out for you at the right. moment. Yeah. So there's probably some correlation there. 
Yeah. And I think that that's a lot of, well, number one, I think anyone that wants to be successful, it's about your tenacity and about your real drive to keep going because Mm -hmm. especially in a, in a creative space with something Mm -hmm. that you want to be a long lasting career, not just something that's like blows up quick and then fizzles out. Mm. It takes time. Mm. And, and I always tell, especially aspiring artists, um, you know, like at least in the makeup world, like I, you know, I'm definitely finding success younger, but it could be, you know, not till you're in your forties or fifties when you really have reached like your highest level of your career, because Mm. it takes time. It takes experience. It takes, you know, all of that commitment. Mm. Um, so I think that that's a big part of success. Um, and I don't remember what else I wanted to say about that. So, <laughs> oh, that's definitely what's going on for now. This is your consistency and your yeah. hard work. That's yeah, like it's starting to be rewarded in new levels or a new layer or an extra. Yeah, extra third this month's been insane for me, and I still kind of trip out because I, I think you always want like think about like your moment that's like your break or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know whether that is happening for me or if it's just momentum or it's just finally my time, you know, Mm. like it's, it is like, I've had a lot of like great news over the last couple of weeks and it's exciting. And, you know, I, I, you hope that it just keeps going, you know, like I think I believe in myself, so I know it Mm. can, but you're Mm. just like, I think as a freelancer, you're, you're only as good as your last job. And so you're always just like, okay, like, yeah, someone, I hope they still call me (laughs) or, you know, cause what is that? how, how do you find time or carve out, I suppose you said before that 30 minutes before you go to a gig, but in general to just enjoy where you're at and like the balance between it, just really smelling the roses and enjoying where you're at and, you know, going out, have a good time or hanging out with friends and then also grinding again or yeah. you know, like getting back on it. I, I think now, because when I, when I was really growing and building, I never gave myself time. Mm. Like I was constantly and I, and I needed that, like, especially when I started blogging and m- making videos and, and learning how to do all of that space, I was in it. And mm. if I wasn't doing it for myself, I was studying, like I would study different YouTubers, bloggers, you know, magazines. I was just all, and I think that that's important because if you want to really be great at your craft, you need to be really engaged and involved. Um, and then I kind of graduated from that phase and I was like, okay, I need more like work-life balance. Mm. Um, and so now I just try like, even, you know, on a, on the weekends, like I do try to have time off, you know, Mm. and like really, you know, shut off and say like, I'm going to go to the beach with my friends or I'm going to go do this. And also in general, just trying to be respectful of like, you know, we could basically blog our entire lives or Instagram our entire lives. Mm. Um, and sometimes you need to, but doing it in a way that's still honors the people around you. Or if Mm. it's like, you're going somewhere and you need to get a photo, get the photo, put your phone away, deal with it later. Um, so having that work-life balance, but also for me, I try to really practice gratitude and especially if I'm feeling bad, if I'm feeling bad, it's, I can quickly recognize it's because I haven't sat back and actually appreciated the life that I've created, but also everything that's happening for myself. And I think anytime I'm feeling bad or things are kind of like shaky, if you get back to that space of gratitude and just write stuff Mm. down and reflect, like Mm. you're able to bring yourself back. Mm. And that's even if I'm getting grumpy or, 
you know, like I, I worked with this business coach once and, you know, he's like, how's it going? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just bitchy that day. And I was just like, oh, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. I haven't gotten a cover of a magazine. Like I, I sat there and I started just listing off. I'm like, this person's doing this. Like, why am I not doing that? Like, blah, 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 blah. And he just like stopped me in my tracks and he's like, oh, cool. You have the never enough attitude. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And, and he was like, yeah, like, where is that going to lead you to have the never enough attitude? Because that attitude is what's going to, you're actually going to make that come to life, Mm. you know? Um, and it kind of falls under that same category that I always say where abundance creates abundance and scarcity creates scarcity. And so he was like, okay, so instead of sitting there thinking about all the things that you haven't done, why don't you sit and think about all the things that you have done? And even he was like, stop, take a look around. Like you created this life for yourself. Like you made this happen. The work that you are doing, the house that you live in, everything about what you're doing, you did that. Mm. And you need to appreciate that and recognize that. And when you live in a space of gratitude, then that's when everything will come. And so I, that was really powerful for me. And also, how long ago was that? I that was probably about two years ago, yeah. and, and I that really flicked a switch in you, didn't? Yeah, yeah, that that was one thing that really stuck with me. And then the other thing is is something I love to tell creatives, and it could work. It's it could be really true for anybody, um, but it's it's a, about a spider. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so. When you, when you look at a spider and a, sp- a spider creates this beautiful web, which is fascinating on its own, but they create this beautiful web and it takes time and it takes, you know, really a lot of, I don't know. Anyway, so they make this, they make this <laughs> I don't web. know the details. I don't know the detail, doing. but they make this web. Okay. And then what do they do? They just sit and wait in their web and they're not worried about whether they're going to catch a fly or not because they know that they've created this beautiful web and the fly will come, the food will come. Mm. And that to me was something that really, I was like, whoa, because they're not sitting there trying to jump off their web to go catch a fly. They're not doing like, they Mm. just sit back and they wait. Yeah. And then the fly comes, they eat the fly and then they make the web all over again. And I was like, whoa. And he and he was like, Nikki, you right now are making your web. Like you're creating all of these things. You're working on it day in, day in. And you don't need to worry about whether the work's going to come because it's going to come. You just have to sit back and trust and know that it's going to happen. And I was like, whoa, mind blown, you know? And so that really sticks with me now. Anytime mm. I start to like get panicked or stressed because mm. I'm also an Aries and I feel like we need stuff like immediately. And mm. I think I'm just motivated. So like I want everything. Mm. And I, the more that I've sat back and just trusted and waited, the more it's obviously on the universe's time. So they know when that's best. Mm. And it's ended up being the best case scenario. Mm. Man, there's so much to be said for that trust, isn't there? Yeah. And how much we think it's kind of like it severs our connection with the universe when we think it's all on us or like it's, we've got to do it all. And it kind of, it creates stress. It creates weight. Yeah. It's a, it's a shitty position to be in, isn't it? Yeah. It's work though. I mean, it's still work for me. I feel like 
I've got I've got it better dialed with my career. Like I still mm. get panic moments, but mm. you know, I I think I've relaxed a lot, but it still comes up for me where I have to like sit and and trust and especially like on per- more personal relationships and things like that mm. where you start to like panic about things and then you're like, mm. "Nope, okay, the universe has a different plan for me. Like I just have to trust that and like mm. keep focused mm. and keep going." Mm. You know? And keep doing your part. Right. And keep doing what like what makes you your tr- true self because that's one thing I find I get unhappy with is that I'm trying to be someone I'm not or I'm confused about what I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get you kind of have like almost an identity complex. Am I in the right position? Because right. like, there's been plenty of times in my life where I've like if you see life as that river going down a river a river going down a river water going down a river where like I've put in effort and then I steered myself like if I'm on a boat going off like and then I've run up on the shore and you know and I'm way off and then I need to get back in that flow state yeah and just going through this life is so tricky to have enough clarity or realization self-realization realization about the world around you and like where you're sitting in it what's I'm really obsessed with this thing at the moment of what's my truest self, what's my best self. And, yeah. and I think because I came out of a breakup recently, I think f- refinding where I am and what's truly this body, you know, mm-hmm. Jeremy, what Jeremy wants to do or needs to do or right. he's best, where he's best placed yeah. um, to be of most service, to be 100% operating capacity, you know. Yeah. Everything you've said so far, it sounds like you're really doing a great job of putting Nikki in Nikki's pocket. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I mean, but it, it, it's all with work. And I think that that's the part that people don't realize is, you know, like I'm 34 now and I feel like probably this year is the best I've ever felt, but it's because I just keep working at it and working at mm. it and working at it. And, and that magic doesn't come overnight, you know, mm. and, and, especially when it's self-work, you know, because you constantly and you will always change and evolve. And it's like staying on that path of always wanting to be better and do better. And also finding those people that you surround yourself with that inspire and support that. Mm. And also not being afraid to let go of the people that don't support that. Mm. And I think that that's a huge lesson, too, because I think, you know, as humans, we need we need people, we need love, we need friendships, but also knowing, you know, the people that are really right for you in that capacity and build you up and make you feel great. And then the ones that you're like, mm, no, that that's not, mm. I, I can't have that energy around me and being okay with letting that go. Right. You know? Yeah. Cause and without hurting feelings <laughs> or like, yeah. or just creating nice little boundaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is or- about boundaries. Cause you know, your friends, again, like I said, it's that vulnerability piece like I know the friends that I can really be vulnerable and and close to but Mm. you only need a few of those like you know and I think it's important the older you are to really um, nurture those relationships that really matter and then the other ones it's not that you have to let them go but just kind of know where they Mm. are Mm. you know it's funny the vulnerability like just on that for a moment like someone called me the other day just crying and I something I'll I don't love. I don't want to say I love it, but like I, I do love. I love the fact that they're able to feel okay crying to me. You know, like sharing what they're where they're at and what their frustrations. Mm-hmm. And normally, like they're flying, so it's 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 not like you know it's it's. I mean, even if they weren't flying, it's okay too. But just I'm just saying yeah. that um, there's something I love about having that access to someone, and so um, and you know I've got. 
and so much amount of compassion and it's okay where you're at. Like that's one thing I'm really learning at the moment is like just to how valuable it is to say um, it's it's like you're exactly where you need to be, you know, because right. like, I, I need to hear that too. Right. Same as like when compassion's coming back at me. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm worthy of compassion. I don't have compassion for myself when I'm in that shitty pocket. Right. But everyone, you know, someone else has compassion for you. Yeah. But what I'm really noticing is particularly with men, like how lacking we are in saying to the other, it's okay where you're at. You know, like you don't mm-hmm. need to be anywhere. It's okay to feel shitty right now. Rather than this pat you on the back, you'll be right, mate. Things will get better. Having this focus on needing to be anywhere other than where you are right now. Right. And it's it's what it's why like men are so got such problems with their emotions is because they just don't accept the fact that they're feeling shitty and i think maybe that's something that women have got their finger on a bit better would you say i think so but i yeah i think that that's so true and and just i think such a big part of human nature is just to say you're okay and like to just keep going and yeah and and so much of it too is like even if you're not okay it's not having to come up with this big grandiose plan to make things it's (laughs) okay it's more once you just say i'm not okay and you recognize that then that usually is most of the weight is gone like once you outwardly admit that and it could be big or small and and that's you know, what's cool is like, even, you know, with certain friends, like they'll text me and be like, Hey, how are you? And and you can be like, I'm okay. This, this, this. And they're, and one in particular, she'll be like, why, why just okay? And then you're like, well, this is why. And then, and, and she'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. And it's, and for me, it's more like, you know what? I'm happy to know that I'm feeling this way and know that this is something I just need to kind of like recognize and work through. And then I think the the little bits that you have to hear or work through kind of come. Um, but it's just letting yourself know that like not every every moment of every day are you gonna feel a million percent well, you mm-hmm. know? And and I think that that's a huge part of it is just acknowledging that. And, and I think that that's a piece that people forget too is like that's the beauty of being human is the fact that we're not always gonna be okay. And, you know, like it makes the good times that much better because you've also experienced hardship or pain, Mm -hmm. you know, and even if that's like loss or a breakup or, you know, something didn't happen the way you wanted it or thought that it should go, you experience that, that hurt. But then also when the good stuff comes, you're so much more able to to feel what that really feels yeah Yeah. yeah yeah it's true but i think that we forget that like as humans not not everything's gonna feel good it's It's not always gonna feel good and sometimes it is gonna hurt you know but there's something about the way our culture or society is designed to encourage it to always feel good like we always got to feel good you know like that's i swear we're not that intelligent or wise about that you know, like the fabric of our society, you know, yeah. the billboards and the, the media and things. Yeah. And I and I think it's just even, you know, starting a different way of communicating with people that you're close to and, and you hope that that kind of starts to catch on. So, for example, with my friends, I don't say like, hey, how are you? I always say like, hey, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'll do that too. Yeah. 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 yeah because then it leads to a more honest conversation of 
making someone actually not go on autopilot and be like, I'm okay. How are you? You know, because that's just what we do. But if you're like, how are you feeling? It makes someone be like, oh, how am I feeling? You know, and you have to kind of like have a a more deep conversation, Mm -hmm. good or bad. Mm. But I think that, you know, if we did more of that, you know, even in a work relationship or whatever it is, we could get a lot more truer conversations and conversations that, again, like not always, it could be on a work, on a job, and I could say, how are you feeling about this eyeshadow? Mm. And they might not like it, but mm. I would rather know that feedback and be able to go through that conversation mm. and, and be like, well, what would feel good? Yeah. Okay, let's do that instead of just not having a conversation. Right. You know? And uh, and even how are you feeling about this eyeshadow? So much, it's such a more... I mean, you're going under the skin, but it's a better question to ask than what do you think of this eyeshadow? Because like you say, again, it, it gives them an opportunity to use their intellect a little bit too much and go, oh, it's good because of this, bad because of that. But like the feeling just cuts to the chase. It's like, right. it makes me feel a little bit insecure or whatever it yeah. might do. Yeah. And then and then it gives you a point to something to work with right. rather than we often like use intellectual things to rationalize right. stuff and dance around, you know, yeah. rather than cut to the chase. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest part, especially for creatives too, is, is, being able to manage critiques and Mm. ego and conversation because that's only what's going to make you better and also what's going to make people want to continue to work with you and and I think that that's a big part that people miss a lot is you know like of course I'm being hired for my expertise but also within that there's a whole realm of other things that you're trying to tick off you know so Mm. it's like I may have an idea for like we'll just use makeup for as an example like okay I might think okay this girl would look best like this but then you also have to consider if it's a magazine or a brand like does that embody what they're trying to do does Mm. it also embody what the photographer is trying to do does it Mm. also embody you know this whole group of people and so you have to be open to be able to collaborate and also get feedback and what are you going to do with that feedback you know Mm. and how are you going to treat that and that's where the ego part really comes in of like removing yourself because it's not about you it's about what you're doing and what you're contributing to the group and especially especially when it comes to you know personal like let's say I'm doing uh someone for the red carpet you know I'm not walking down the red carpet that person's walking down the red Mm. carpet so of course I have an idea of what's going to make them feel great or look great but also if they like to wear you know, a specific look that maybe isn't my own personal aesthetic, but they feel amazing. I'm still going to give them my version of that because I'm not the one that has to get my photo taken and show up in the world. And if they feel amazing, that's all I care about. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, sometimes as artists, people can get like really like they let their ego get in the way and then it just creates problems Mm -hmm. or it also makes it so people don't want to work with you anymore Mm -hmm. because you're not open and if you're not able to talk and like really manage through all of that you're not going to be successful for the long term it's so it's such an interesting area that you talked about there because that's something that 
I've really f- like it's epitomized in someone like Kanye West. Like the Greeks used to call genius a state of consciousness, consciousness that flows through them. So that genius is a is like a it's it's a function or it's a thing that flows through you. You're not genius. You embody a state of genius temporarily and then it passes through you. You know, mm-hmm. like you're channeling this this function of nature. But the problem is like someone. I guess like Kanye, I mean, I don't know, but like it, it's pretty apparent that he does this, is that he's, he's entangled his sense of what he is with genius. Mm-hmm. So, and I see it with a bunch of artists that do the same thing and it becomes, they become very difficult people to work with. Yeah. Because sure enough, yeah, they do embody genius, but it's it's interwoven with their localized sense of what they are. Right. Or, you know, I say localized, <laughs> you know, like if all of consciousness is everything and they're a localized field of consciousness, that's what I mean by that. But it's a frustrating thing to work with someone like that and it creates boundaries and it creates, like you hear it so often in creative that anyone's yeah. ego is the it's, it's such a crippling force. Yeah. And I think that you have to really honor that everyone has their strengths and the more that you micromanage people the worse the outcome is going to be so even for me it's like if I'm going to get my hair colored or I'm going to get my nails whatever it is it's like whatever even my tattoo like you you obviously do the research to find the person that you feel like can do the job but also you want to be able to allow them to have their space to be creative and do Mm -hmm. their thing because Mm -hmm. the more if I sat and, and watched a girl put foil in my hair and I'm like, oh, are, are you going to do that piece? Are you going to do that? Like that person is all of a sudden going to shut down and be so insecure that yeah. they're never going to be able to create their best art. Right. And I found that with myself too, being on the other end of it, that the more, the more that people micromanage me, I end up doing what they want and then they always end up wanting what I originally had done or, you know, and you're just like, and, but that takes like someone trusting you as well to know that you can do it. But mm. it's, it's kind of a funny thing. Cause I think every creative runs into that where if they, if they're limited to certain things that don't make sense, all of a sudden you like freeze up and you're like, uh, you know, Mm-mm. so it's, it's really, it's a strange phenomenon, I guess. What's your advice or how do you personally when you experience that kind of pressure or judgment or critique or, you know, that kind of energy of um, being micromanaged, what do you, how do you navigate it or communicate yourself through that? I think it's about having an honest conversation with whoever that person is and kind of also trying to understand their language because, you know, so much of it, it, and especially when you're trying to describe something is really getting through the communication because I can say, something is a certain like texture or color or mood but someone else may see it completely differently and so it's like really asking a lot of questions Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. down to like what exactly are you seeing or what does it mean because Mm -hmm. sometimes too we might mistake and really be seeing or wanting the same thing but we're not communicating at the same level yeah you know so it's a lot of like really like questions feedback references whatever you may need to do and continuing to talk about it but also stopping along the way and even you know for me I guess if if I were doing makeup and it was someone and I'm you know instead of like at the end being like okay ta-da like here you go you know it's like 
oh, is this what you had in mind? Is this, does this feel good to you? Or how to, you know, and, and kind of like letting it be a conversation because then if it's not, you can adjust then. And I think that that creates more trust as well. Cause then someone's mm. like, okay, they've got my back. Like yeah. they, they're considering my feelings. And I think so much of it too, is people just want their voices to be heard. And as long as you acknowledge that, then you build that trust. Mm. Isn't that a dance? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because a part of you would be like, this is going. This is a waste of everyone's time because I know the perspective on this is going to be... Right. But yeah, but that's also part of the fun of life as well as like communicating and connecting with people and, and honoring their preference and, and moving around. Yeah. But you have to... that, But that takes absolute ego surrender to be able to do that because you're kind of like... It's almost a bit more like you're in the position of just puppeteer in your vessel as an artist to do the certain things, but you're not like rigidly attached to you. Yourself. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite interesting. Yeah. And it's a bit of a challenge. Like now I kind of treat it as a challenge because, you know, I, I feel blessed that I've, I've been gifted with being able to really read people quickly. Mm. Oh man, it's a massive talent. Yeah. And so sometimes it's a challenge because I know going into things and it's an interesting conversation, especially in my, in the artistry space, because you have the old artists that have been, you know, working at it for years and years and years. And then you have these newer, younger artists. And a lot of the times people will judge you before you even show up. So it's like, oh, she's got an Instagram following. That's probably why she's on this job. Or, mm. oh, she's pretty. So that's why she's here or whatever it is. Mm. And people are not, disc- like they're discounting everything and just assuming things. Mm. And so you really have to push through that and prove yourself in a different way. Mm. Um, and and I always say this to older artists because, you know, they spend so much time resisting, you know, resisting social media or being mad about it or, you know, and it's like, you're wasting all that time doing that where you can actually just, it doesn't mean you have to do it in the same way that other people do it. But if you just accept it and like, Mm. let it be, Mm. you're going to be so much better off because you're, you're wasting so much energy, Mm. you know, but Mm. I think it's about also, you know, letting people like the, the more you come in, I always say like, like a dog that when you meet a dog and they lay on their back and open up their tummy, you know, like if you can show up to people like that, you know, you still have mm. to respect yourself, but <laughs> it's not like a total pushover, but being open, yeah. you know, and really truly, you know, if, and I think not being afraid to, to also share, you know, like, Hey, I really love your work or I really love what you did on whatever job. And that immediately, you know, if you can come in with kindness and compliments, like, if that person still wants to hate you or be mad at you, then it's it's their problem. It's nothing that you've done wrong, mm, you mm, know? Mm. Very, very good. What, what's your current greatest challenge in terms of personal life or work or something that keeps popping its head up and challenging you? <laughs> hmm. Well, I think, I mean, I think I've career has always been natural for me in mm. different capacities. I mean, of course, like, you're always still like, oh, I'm not, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. So there's definitely always the goals, but that's a part of just being motivated and wanting to be the best. I mean, I'm sure probably my challenge is probably love Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because, you know, and I always say like, well, you can't have it all all at once. So you can't have like this amazing successful career and this amazing relationship. I know I will, but it, Mm. it's like also putting in that work because 
I think, you know, and, and I find that I have a lot of my close friends are also very successful female entrepreneurs or women that are, you know, really have a voice and are doing something. And it's hard to find the right partner that mm. can, you know, support that and mm. also run with you. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think probably because a lot of men uh, might be intimidated by successful women. I think, I mean, I've heard that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've heard that. <laughs> no. Rumor has it. <laughs> no, that's what they, I mean. That's it's because it's particularly it's somewhat threatening to their own sense of value of of their own power, maybe. Or have you come across that kind of stuff? Or do you don't think that's a thing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a couple. It's it's always it's really confusing to me because you know I I definitely have made my own success and and I don't look at a relationship for you know some some ways that other women may look for it like yeah. I can pay my own rent I can yeah. support myself so that's not what I'm looking for in a partner um so I don't I I found myself I've dated a lot of different kinds of men and you know some are more successful and some definitely aren't but that's not what m makes me decide whether I want to be with someone or not but on the other side, if someone isn't as successful, they might not feel like they can be with me because mm. of that. So it's mm. their own personal stuff that they're working through that mm. has nothing to do with me. Mm. Um, so it's a weird, it's it's really a kind of strange because it's never, I don't really care about um, money, it's about passion, you mm. know? And so I think that that's the difference too is, you know, if you're, you're really passionate and trying hard at whatever you're doing. That to me is is sexy and, and cool and mm. I'm into that. Um, and because I always believe that the money comes as long as you're mm. you're driven in whatever you're doing. And mm. I also know that everyone has a different time, you know? Totally. And, and so, yeah, it's a bit bizarre. Um, but also I think the more your vibration is super high, it's you weed out a lot of people that, mm. you know, are not on that vibration. So mm. it's kind of a two part of finding someone that, you know, cause also if, if I'm super excited every day when I wake up and I'm really motivated and I've got stuff going on and things are happening, it could be really annoying if you're not on that same level. Cause then mm. you're just like, Oh fuck, this girl's annoying. Or like, <laughs> or it really, it makes you look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing? You yeah, know? And, yeah. and I found that that's a, a result that happens is I think people are attracted to me because I'm like really buzzy, but then all of a sudden it really makes that person have to be like, Oh, what am I doing? And some people can't handle it to face themselves. Mm. So it's easier to get rid of that wow. than to keep it. That's know? really fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I, I imagine they'd only feel that if they're not really established in what they are. You know, even if it's if they're just a chiller and they they can just then witness you and enjoy you enjoying your life, mm -hmm. you know, without a sense of it rubbing off on them in any particular way other than enjoying you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like I think that's on on the other hand, if like you're really unsure of where you are and unsure of just who you are as a person yeah. or your your sense of worth or your identity or whatever it is. Just not not really knowing yourself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't really know yourself, yeah. then then it would be confusing seeing someone that's so sure of themselves, right? Um, enjoying themselves so much, <laughs> right? <laughs> because it would make me, if I was in that position, it would make me very insecure. Yeah. Because it, it's just by pure comparison. Yeah. 
you've got you you know you're you're flying you've got it all together and you're in, really enjoying your life and I don't really know who I am so you're going to make me feel shit yeah or I'm going to start leaning on you to make myself feel like I know who I am and then start into what like start thinking I am you also I don't know yeah. the feels, that might be the other way someone might go yeah and I think that that's what I've realized it is it has nothing really to do with like the career part it's more about the self-work and where someone is with that because mm. I think that really drives everything else and it's probably you know mm. we've talked about it a lot today but I think it's the the piece that a lot of people miss out on is that self-work part because yeah. that it's really life-changing and you know a lot of times people will be like why are you single or this or that and I think it's also because I've come to a place where I value myself enough that I know what I want and I know what I need in a relationship because I've had a lot of relationships and you know you start to discover like what you know, no one's going to be perfect, but it's like what ticks the box of like what mm. makes you feel really good in a relationship and what what they can bring as a partner, mm. the best and the worst, you know. Mm. And so it kind of narrows your pool of like what you're willing to put up with or, or <laughs> you know, what you want, yeah, you know. Yeah. So because what kind of it's really a question, of, I suppose, is just what kind of shared experience you want to have with the person that you spend the most amount of time with. Yeah. Like it's and and. And because that love's like the most beautiful energy we get to experience. It's mm -hmm. like this. I, I've been thinking about it more recently, and it's it makes me go. May, part of me goes, all love is kind of self love. Like if you t think about self as like all of life, and when I'm in love with someone, it's like identifying unity points or like something that I'm like or mm -hmm. want to be like or identify as what's in me already. And so then it's kind of like I'm loving something that it's kind of myself. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, in one degree. Yeah. But it's kind of this really interesting dance between two people s seeing something that, that is in themselves but also something that they're not feeling right now. But I don't know. And it's, it's also seeing just something that you also see as beautiful in life represented in someone else yeah because it's all us really like on a real cosmic level yeah like all aspects of someone else is within what we are to a degree you know like yeah. it's it all boils down to the same elements love fear and mm -hmm. um and these deeper layers of what we are but they're just expressed or materialized in different different humans yeah behave in different ways but the the threads all come down to the same thing so it's it's wonderful that we get to even have this experience of like being in love with someone or like having that connection that mm -hmm. unity point and dance but how often we like how often they those relationships last that's another thing i'm wondering about at the moment like it's someone told me this analogy the other day of it's like surfing waves. Like, so you're riding a wave and at that point in your life, your paths are really crossed and you're riding this wave together, you surf. And then either one gets off the wave or you get off the wave at the same time and then you paddle back out, mm -hmm. back to catch another wave. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a funny thing because I'm just not sure how long relationships, I know it's variable completely, based on everyone but right. how how long they're destined to last like mm -hmm. obviously they last longer if you have good little regular breaks from one another and really uh, set up in your own independence and your own strength the distance and the you know not being in each other's pockets 24 7 definitely helps the yeah. longevity 
But and also, I think it's a choice too. What do you mean? Uh, but, well, I think if you want a long lasting relationship, it also comes at a place of like choosing that you want that. Because I think, you know, if you talk to couples that are in a long term, you know, from what from what we could say successful relationship, it's also choosing that, that that's what they want and that's what mm. they want to be in. Because mm. it's like anything that you do, it comes with work, you know, because you have to choose to want to communicate. You have to choose to want to, you know, show up for that person or be a part of that. And that's not going to just happen. Like you have to decide that you want to do that, mm. you know? Mm. So it's kind of an interesting part too. And, and, and making that mutual decision that that's, you know, what you want to do, because that's probably why, you know, the long-term relationships work is that those people have committed that they want to do that, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And, but there also must be somewhat, you know, like growing on a similar trajectory. Yeah, definitely. even if they're not the same trajectory, having the similar growth capability or desire or something or other. Yeah, and I think it is that, that, that connection that you... You love yourself. Like, number one, you do need to love yourself. But you also, it's, it's, that's why love is really hard. Because it's like finding someone that's, that you are both equally as obsessed with each other. And almost, you know, you care so much about the outcome of the other person. Mm. But then you still love yourself at the same time. You know, mm. because you have to always have that balance of, you know, caring about, what you have going on. But I mean, for me, when I love someone, I can't help, but really want to like care and encourage and, and do whatever, um, needs to be done to help the other person. But how cool is that when that person also reciprocates that to you? Mm, like it's mm. magic, you know, <laughs> but finding that and keeping a hold of that is also really, really, really hard. Really hard. Yeah. Particularly, I think when you're younger and you, you might not be so much, so self-realized, and therefore, you might get into a relationship because from a maybe a point of insecurity or maybe a point of dependency. And then, so when... So main, and social pressure as well. Social pressure probably, yeah. 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 And then you may, might maintain it for that particular reason as well. But then, you kind of it's kind of the foundation isn't, I guess, what two independent, self-realized people coming together... Like I suppose, it's, uh, I suppose it's just what happens when you grow up. <laughs> you get mm-hmm. you understand things a bit more. You know what's going on a bit more, mm-hmm. right? You know where you're at. You can see where someone else is at. It's a it's a different kind of it's a different field of play, I guess. But that's what's always confusing too. Like my parents met and were engaged after three weeks, wow. and were married after three months. And they've been married for like 41 years and still love each other. That's crazy. And that's so not the normal now. Yeah. And I often am like, I always, I'm always like, oh, you like you guys were given the gift of love. Like love came easy for you guys, you know, cause I obviously have not had that success, but, yeah. um, I, I can't explain that either other than I could just say that they've they obviously it's not like every bit of their relationship's been amazing because everyone you know fights or whatever but they have maintained I think as long as you have your your core competency your values or your path of what you want are the same then that you know is at least starting to set you up for success for the long haul and then Mm. it's all about communication Mm. you know truly like really checking in with that person and you know, in the relationships that haven't worked for me, part of it is just because, you know, we were 
not on the same wave anymore. And we went on different pathways and, you know, but it's also honoring that part too, because with that, you know, you take what you needed to take from that relationship and that fuels whatever will be the next thing that you're in, Mm. you know? And it might be because they also knew their path and stayed to it. I think, I think maybe some of my friends there, you know, they grow a lot. I suppose people that wake up, you know, like go through like self-awakening, self-realization and really open themselves up to all facets of what the world could be in terms of any possible belief or religion or anything. Yeah. Or outlook, should we just say. It's a fucking open plather of potentiality. Mm -hmm. And it's rare, like my parents are both Christian and they grew up like that and it's the, 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 you know, their paths are really on the same thing. Yep. But then say someone that was in that church and they left and but their partner's still in the church, it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on their relationship because they've married, you know, they're married and committed. Mm-hmm. But then their, their values don't align. I've seen examples of that where it takes tremendous work to keep that relationship, that boat floating. Yeah. And parts of me wonder if that's something that needs to be let go of or something that can persevere or, you know, that's the questions of what we're capable of as human beings and what we want more than anything else. Because I wonder about those relationships that last. I feel like my growth trajectory is so varied that it's (laughs) like if I got married when I was 21, like, like I've, me. I'm a whole different person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a whole different person yeah. than I am right now. It, yeah. Like even the last seven years, I'm a whole different person. Yeah. So it's, I don't think I could have maintained a relationship through this whole time. No way. I wouldn't have been able to. That's the reason I've broken up with partners in the past is because right. like after three years, it's like, no, I'm on a whole different trajectory now. Yeah. And I think it, it, it just depends, you know, and, and, you know, I've told you before that I've been divorced and when I was married, I was 20, 21 and I was Mormon and we got married in the Mormon temple and we were living that lifestyle. And so when I knew that that wasn't for me and we got divorced, that was a huge conversation that we had because I think, you know, culturally it is not just a religion, it is a culture. And so, you know, yeah, maybe if we were older and we had this really strong foundation of love, it maybe could have worked for us to stay together even with different outlooks on Mm. on life but I think it's really hard and really complicated to stay with that person if you're not on the same path of belief systems and kind Mm. of long-term goals and what you value out of life um Mm. and so that was a huge thing for us to be like well you know I told him that I didn't didn't believe in it and that that wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted and he kind of wanted to say like, no, we can still have kids and, you know, I'll take them to church and you don't have to go. And I was like, but that's not fair to the children either because that's confusing and that's a hardship that they'll have to have from an early age, you know, that will will be hard for them. And and so that, that ended it for us, definitely. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there are a lot of those factors that come into play with relationships. And, and I know probably for your parents and mine, they they did always have that common, you know, religious um, aspect that kept them in the same path. And, and that's why, you know, you look at people that do get married in their 20s, and I think it is so much harder to keep those relationships. Because yeah, you're right. Like, if I look at what 
whatever year I change, you know, every month I change, you know, but like (laughs) every second second I'm changing. Um, So it's, it's a lot harder to really find your person that you can grow and change together with and also kind of like want to change and grow together with. Mm. I don't know. Mm, 100%. It's getting, we're getting, this is getting complicated. We should give up. <laughs> it is getting deep, isn't it? Yeah. No, like love is, it's, it's always a really. <laughs> we should give up. It's a really fascinating topic because, you know, there's that layer of like really like loving someone and, and having that like synergy and attraction and all those like pheromony things that you can't explain. Mm. But then on top of that, there's the timing part. Mm. There's like where you are in life. There's so many things. It's still, mm. it kind of also falls under that synchronicity where you're like, how, Mm-mm-mm. you know? Totally. And whenever it's happened for me, it's always been like unexpected and spontaneous. And, you know, whenever you fall in love, or find someone that you just spontaneously love. <laughs> it's never been like, I'm going out to find this right now and I found it. Like, right. it's always just been, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. And, and, that, and I think that accompanied by all the pheromones or the drugs that go off in your brain when, you, when that happens, it's like, that they're the things that just make it work. It just feels like magic and I can't help but love this person. So, that makes you prioritize it above all these other things. And so, when timing isn't quite right, doesn't matter or you know like but yeah. then sometimes it does catch up you know like yeah it's just a fascinating area like what makes people fall in love and and there's so many different types of love as well like i feel like when i'm not in a relationship i have so much more love for everyone you know yeah. or, or energy at least to just give love or to people on the street or people i'm working with and that's another interesting area that i i wonder about it's like maybe i'm more destined for not being in a relationship because I, I, it means I can give more to lots of different type of people. Mm-hmm. You know, not 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 terms of in, like being in love with lots of different people, but just like energetically, I feel, and maybe that could be a, a weakness in my capacity to to do that in a relationship and as well as out of it. It could be, or in a, but it could also be a phase that you're in right now. Mm. You know, or what you need to give right now, mm. or it's just hasn't been the right per. Like it could yeah, be the true. person that you feed and feel so much love that you're ab- actually able to give more to other people as well, mm. you know? So kind of the opposite of, of what you think. True. You know? True. It's interesting. Because I know when I'm in a loving relationship, I project and give even more than like what I would just right. to that person right. or, or without it. It's kind of like the superpower. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting, but then I feel like for women are designed a bit more to biologically to nest and to be in a like to have someone that makes them feel not secure, but like it's. I think I think love does slightly different things for male and females, but men are a bit more wired to go out hunt and maybe we've got slightly different wiring like that. But I also think you know, like when we were talking about our parents, it's also a different time because. They're like, we have access to so much stuff now that we never did even Mm. 10 years ago. So it's like, 
the dating game is so different because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you have social media. So, oh, you actually don't have to pick up the phone and call that person because you can go on their Instagram and see exactly what they're up to. Mm. So like the mystery has gone, you know, or like that longing is gone because mm. if you miss someone, you can see their face whenever you want to see their face. So true. Um, or you can catch them doing stuff that you wouldn't normally even ever know. Um, mm. And the way that we communicate is just so different that it kind of, that's the part that actually kind of bums me out a little bit. Is And sometimes I, even if I meet someone, I will keep that part of me away as long as I can, because obviously it's a part of my business, but also it kind of, for me, it's like, I don't want you to watch my Instagram story to see how my day is. I want mm. you to pick up the phone and call me and have a conversation, mm-hmm. you know? And so that kind of like... If I meet someone and they don't have social media, I'm like, yes, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I think it's that much better. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing is like, I think, and that doesn't just have to be for love, it's for friendships too. Like, it's so important to not rely on social media to be the thing that keeps you connected with someone. You mm-hmm. know, like who cares if you saw what they did that day still call them or text them or connect with them because if that relationship really matters to you you really have to nurture that Mm. you know it's such a fascinating thing social media as well because like i I went for experiments of just putting different things out because i was curious out to see people's reactions and break down boundaries of what i think i should share and to share them so one one day i was like really depressed and i was crying so i've posted a photo of me crying saying i'm feeling pretty shitty today nothing great (laughs) just like sometimes you feel shit yeah here i am feeling shit yeah (laughs) I love that. And then, and then the next day, I saw my friend in the street, and he was like, he was came up, and I like obviously I talked to friends and like got through that kind of moment, um, but I just did it more as like a bit of an experiment. Yeah. And then he saw me in the street, and he like came up and was like, "Oh man, are you all right? What's going on?" Like, which is nice, and it was a nice thing to for that to have a deeper point of connection next time I saw someone. Yeah. But also, it's just a strange dynamic it is to have these kind of social media relationships. Yeah, and also there's the weird aspect of like you don't know how much of people like what people actually see and they don't see so then like mm. it's always confusing because I could be like see a friend and be like oh this happened to me yesterday and they're like I know I saw and then you're like oh <laughs> okay I'm sorry yeah yeah or it could be the opposite where like you're like feeling hurt because you assume that someone saw whatever happened and they have no idea and then you're like oh they're a dick you know so it's like <laughs> yeah. I just assume that no one sees anything that I do because yeah. I just think why would they but you know it's this it's kind of this weird for, especially for people that know me it's this strange like I don't want to say it's an embarrassment because I feel like I'm pretty true to who I am on social media and not mm. but mm. like there's this added layer like when i see that my guy friends will see my makeup tutorials i'm automatically like oh i'm so embarrassed you know but then i'm like (laughs) whether they watched it or not or whatever it was it's it's just i don't know it's all very weird to me (laughs) it's totally weird like i had some guy message me that's a friend of mine yesterday and he was like he's like it's really weird because I watch your makeup tutorials and it's like, I don't need them. I don't need them. And I'm a guy, but there's like something like fascinating about it. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. Or it's like, some people are like, it's therapeutic or it's mesmerizing or like I get in this trance and I can't stop watching. And it's like, Oh, it's so weird. You know, (laughs) that's so funny. Yeah. I suppose it's like they're fascinated by the process or the fact watching someone do something they know a lot about. Yeah, 
But I find that too. I'll do that. Like where I'll just be watching and I'll be like, what am I doing? Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's, it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely get down deep, weird holes. I get them around the pyramids when I just start YouTubing, but that's something I'm actually interested in. Not like yeah. makeup or something. But sometimes I, I purposely will like hide my story from people that I don't want. Cause I'm like, I actually want you to try to know me yeah. outside of social media mm, mm. like sure when you're in a, a consistent happy like settled relationship of course like you mm. don't have to hide that but mm. for me personally it almost works out better if I kind of like leave that where they can't rely on that because otherwise mm. I'm like you're not trying hard enough mm. you know mm, mm, mm. so it makes it easy doesn't it mm-hmm. well thanks for talking thanks it's, for it's, asking it... me to talk <laughs> I feel like there's lots of different areas we can go, but I, I like I like the area of everything we've covered. Me too. Loved it. Yeah. Thanks for all your sharing and your vulnerability. We're so vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start my singing career now that I have a microphone. <laughs> Good luck with that. Thank you.